Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Batflips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist. I'm your host, John McGee, on this perilous day for Major League Baseball, the 26th of July, 2020, or as we're going to call it forever and a day from now on, the day the plague invaded MLB. Well, it didn't invade it today, but it, it, t- it took over all of our timelines. It took over the news feeds and it took over one club, the Miami Marlins. And we've got the right man, Riding Pillion with me today, me this evening to talk about exactly what happened with the Miami Marlins today. It's it's Pete Pratt of uh, Miami Marlins UK. Pete, uh, it's been a topsy turvy forty eight hours for you, hasn't it? Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it there because uh, we've got another guest. Uh, we've got plenty of time for you to to oh boy even more, Pete. Um, we've got Russell here as well, Russ. Uh, how how are you feeling about the world of baseball uh, this sad and sorry Monday evening? Yeah, it's a, it's a really kind of like complex point. Like the, I think everybody was really enjoyed like the weekend of baseball that we got. Like there was there were obviously trepidations and obvious uh, behind the scenes things which made none of us go into the weekend with a full kind of like yes, baseball is back, but you were kind of in this mentality of, all right, the testing numbers are coming down and all the different teams, everything's looking fine. Like the Blue Jays actually have said where they're going to play, which was, that was kind of like the big story and kind of like, as like one of the tweet we've seen, we're now at basically like, let's plague ball. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's like, it's just what's gone on within the space of 24 hours shows I think MLB's commitment to the season, but but that commitment is questionable at best. Yeah, it, it certainly has. I mean, it it, it does it does uh, does bear saying it bears pausing for thirty seconds before we get onto the, the meat and drink of this conversation. That it was a super fun weekend of baseball. I mean, uh, we were we were planning our our midweek podcast, and we were going to talk about. You know, that the Marlins been in first, the Tigers been in first, the Pirates winning a game, you know, it's topsy-turvy baseball land and some super impressive performances from some unfancied candidates. You know, we're going to talk about the Marlins uh, quite a lot this evening, but it's uh, it's been a really fun 
weekend of baseball, a reminder of what we've been missing, albeit in uh, very strange circumstances. And, and Pete, along with uh, the guys from MLB UK community, setting up the, the brilliant in-play runs on Sunday evening, which was a, a huge amount of fun and it's had a huge number of visits and, you know, everything was looking rosy. Uh, well, apart from in Miami, Pete. So let's come round to you. You've uh, You've been keeping an eye on this for the last 48, 72 hours uh, it started on Saturday in earnest. It was, or was it Saturday or Friday with Jorge Alfaro? The news that your 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 man behind the dish, Jorge Alfaro, was he was it was opening day. He was going to miss opening day, um, and it's it's got steadily worse from there. Do you want to do you want to pick up from there? Yeah, I guess I guess so. Really, the known timeline we got with this one is a uh, couple of exhibition games in Atlanta. Um, team then flies together, single aircraft lands in Philadelphia, day off in advance of opening day. And then, as you rightly highlighted, Alfaro, uh, it was a late, I guess, relatively late announcement, but was, uh, was missing for opening day. Um, naturally, then, there was some, some worry. I had some personal worry, and I think it was echoed in Twitter, really. You know, Alfaro's tested positive to the IL. He's been on the plane with the team. Um, <laughs> this probably won't end well. Uh, was was the, the general sense. So, you know, we, we played through, we get to Sunday, and um, then things really started to take off with, uh, you know, an hour and a half before first pitch. Um, Arrhenius scratch from his start. Uh, then, so Duggar's, Duggar's on the mound, and then you, you get news that some other, some other position players have, have also tested positive. So, Absolute scenes going on there in, in the build-up there. And, um, you know, it's, it's not good. And what we do know um, after it, hearing from, from, from Miggy Rowe and, and Don Manningly, was, you know, they were aware of the situation in the morning of the game on, on the Sunday. Um, informed Robert Duggar, you know, half eight in the morning that, that he's going to be starting. Miggy Rowe is leading what is, in effect, a WhatsApp group of the players um, to say, hey, guys, here's the situation. Do we want to play? Do we not? Everyone unanimously came back and said, yeah, we want to play, which I think is an interesting topic anyway for us to get into in terms yeah. of, yeah, you know, can ask you about should this that. be the players? But the players took that, you know, first of all, Miggy needed to suss out the clubhouse. Do we want to play? Um, and the answer was yes. Should they have played? I guess we'll discuss. But, you know, I think that's kind of where it's at. Don Mattingly as well echoed that, in Miami, they felt safe. They had their bubble. And it was well locked down, actually. No, mm-hmm. no summer camp or spring training 2.0 real issues. Um, once they fired it up, it was well under control. And I think the travel side has, has really added in a, a, a dynamic here that's hard to get under, under control. And I think it comes back to these games in Atlanta, and then you get on a plane together. And if you don't know you're positive... And you're on a plane for a couple of hours. That is not going. It's not going to end well. Yeah, I mean that was a, a point really well made by by Britt Giroli, the the, the Orioles uh, correspondent for the Athletic this afternoon, Russ. That you know where where does the string end here? It's possible that uh, the Marlins contracted this in in Atlanta, which means have the Braves got some positives in their clubhouse that we just don't know about yet? The Phillies was there any cross contamination yesterday? Uh, it looks like they've managed to turn the super tanker around with the Yankees over the course of today, but that could have gone gone all wrong. Uh, we still don't know what the situation is with the Cincinnati Reds. 
Uh, the rumour is that they have at least one positive. Uh, they scratched Mike, Mike Mustakis and Jesse Winker from the start yesterday. Um, this isn't going to be the end of it, although it seems from the, the latest intel, our man Ken, uh, that it's going to be a, a bit of a muddle through situation. And I know that Stan Caston was on, uh, on the radio out in LA this morning, uh, LA time, saying that, you know, we thought something like this might happen, but we're not going to strike it yet. Um, so, yeah. Tom's uh, yeah. Tom's barrier of where that where that where the moral where the moral hurdle is hasn't hasn't yet been reached. Yeah, and it's it it is from looking at it from a completely kind of like intel- intelligence point of view, it is an interesting thing to wonder out where this has all come from because we know that uh, from cases around the world that it can take anywhere between like three to fourteen days for it to incubate before, and even sometimes like three to eight days before a positive test would be brought back after you caught it. So we could be saying that like a couple of the guys in Miami picked it up back in Florida, which has effectively one of the worst rates, uh, infection rates going on in the world right now. So it could have come from there. If it's then all propagated through from just two or three individuals in the Miami team, that's a really scary thing because that suggests whatever the protocols that MLB has in place isn't fit for stopping a team spread. And that was the thing that I was actually most confident with from how they talked about everything, how they suggested like this is how they were doing, that you wouldn't get like two or three cases becoming 15, 20 cases. But that's what we're seeing. If, but that's the caveat that if this has all come from one individual, we do know that like the MLB rules states that like the players can still go home and live with their families between like reporting each day. So it's not like the NBA where they're all in like the bubble place. It's not even like what some of the Premier League's team where they actually isolated some of their players basically for the final aspect of the season. Some of them did go back and see family. Some of them didn't. So you have this thing where the players and the team can do everything in their will to try and stop this happening within the, the, the training venues, within where they play, within how they travel. But you have the family members who they could be doing their best as well, but they're going to get exposed out there. And if a family member gets exposed, the player is definitely getting exposed because you're not going to wear a mask probably around your house, like separate from your family, like for everything that's happening. Like, so if this has propagated from one thing, that's really bad. And that is, I think that to me is the scary aspect. This, the points that we're seeing today is where you had like, multiple like virologists basically saying that yesterday knowing that those four players had tested positive and the size of the squad or whatever like within the 60 people that's enough for an outbreak and probably the game yesterday shouldn't have happened because like that because of that like we were having in the spring training or 2.0 or the summer camp as they called it if you didn't have your positive well you didn't have your negative test you weren't allowed to train. So we've gone from a negative test or a positive test stopping you training to like a positive test. Well, let's kind of just get out there and play another game. And I think the the quotes from Don Mattingly of never really considered not playing is that is disturbing to me because that mm. suggests like a not an understanding of the serious of the issue that they're trying to push themselves through. I can, can I understand just, the players just... going... Can I just like bring they Pete want to play. in there? Because Pete, Pete, you 
you had the opportunity to, to join Don Mattingly's press conference yesterday. Uh, I wanted to ask about y- your opinion. So there's a couple of things. First off, you mentioned in, in answer to, to the previous question that a lot of the responsibility seems to have fallen on on, on the players, particularly M- Miggy Rojas in his, uh, you know, his role as a club captain, if you will. Um, and there's been some criticism, I think some of it fair, of Don Mattingly's role in this today. Russell's just sort of touched on that there. That he sort of passed passed the responsibility down to his players in some ways. One could argue that's that's really positive leadership, but but in others, it's it's sort of washing his hands clean. Do you, do you feel that someone somewhere in that chain maybe could have taken control of yesterday and put it in the hands of the scientists rather than in the hands of uh, you know the Miami Marlins shortstop essentially? Yes, it's a good question. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if, I, I think the guys have ended the season, you know, the risks are there. COVID has been there since they fired it back up. And I think there's always been an expectation that they're going to run into these situations. And so I, I, I think that that's, you know, that's the backdrop of this. And really where we've landed today is the show's going to go on. Mm. Like that's the feedback coming out of this is the yeah. Marlins have got, Mm, what we know at the moment, maybe 11 of the 33 guys on both the 30 and the taxi. So you've got a third of the team testing positive. Um, and the show's going to go on. And the Marlins are making uh, waiver claims now and all sorts of guys I've never even heard of because, you know, you've got to get the guys on. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a tough spot for the Marlins, tough spot for Don Mattingly, tough spot for everyone. Just what do you do? Um, how do you deal with this? The guys are trying to be as safe as they can. I, I think the one thing when I look back at this all is the testing element. It's the lag, isn't it? If you mm. don't get the results for 48 hours, 100%. that's the problem. You just, it's the lag of the results. And but in, in NLB world, you've played two games since you were, you were tested. And you've maybe been on a plane and a couple of buses and a taxi and whatever else. So, I think that's the major issue. I, I, I think it's a little bit unfair from Mattingly to be, you know, should he have put his hand up? I don't know. They've had the conversation. There was an awareness. The players were happy to play. The players have taken all the risk for this season and they were happy to do it. Have they put the Phillies at risk? The Phillies knew the situation also, so they weren't unknowing to this. They could have also put their hand up and said, hey, we're not comfortable. It's their home ballpark. They could have called it if they wanted to and they didn't. So... I think it's a little bit unfair. The guys are just trying to muddle through it. This is the first flare-up. And so whether this was the right approach, not sure. Um, but it's the first one. We'll learn from it. The show will go on. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'll come to you on that, Russ, because we, we now have been joined by Tom. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Very well, thank you. We've, we've, we've made a start, but we'll come, we'll come and get your opinions in a minute. We're just talking about uh, who's, who's culpable for this decision to play this game yesterday. And and, and Pete has made some very eloquent points about the Marlins' role in this, but he's also raised raised the issue of, of the Phillies. Sure, but maybe we'll come to you, Tom. What, what do you think about the, the Phillies' view on this? They, they probably had an opportunity to pump the brake, brakes on this, and all they did was tell Bryce Harper to wear a mask. Um, did, did the Phillies know about it? Have we, yeah, have we they spoken did. about that? Yeah, there's so been some reporting it, today right. from, uh, from Matt Gelb in The Athletic. Joe Girardi was made aware of this on Saturday morning. Uh, and aware of the scale of the the problem yesterday, and Harper has been quoted as saying that um, you know they were told to take extra precautions, and hence why he was on the base paths and in the field wearing a mask. 
But I don't, right, I don't, I don't get, why, why, why does it take like a case for it to happen to make the extra precautions come in? Like they should be in there in the first place, shouldn't they? Why are we doing this? Why are we trying to chase it? I mean, let's rewind back to, when was it? Late March, when I think it was Rudy Gobert tested positive in the NBA and they shut down the NBA, just one person. Now we've got four people. We text Miguel Rojas, or whatever his name is, and say to him, hey, boys, do you, you still fancy playing a game? Have a, put the feelers out there and see what everyone thinks. This is utterly ridiculous. Like, why are we just doing it on, like, committee? Um, I don't know if you guys have spoken about it as well, but, you know, if you're, if you're a rookie in that clubhouse and you get asked, are we we're going to carry on, we're going to keep playing, you're going to put your hand up. No, you're not. You're going to look around you to the other guys and go, Shall we? Shan't we? What should we do? You're going to take the lead from them. And we said it earlier in WhatsApp. Um, we, need to, we need to make sure that, you know, if it's going to take... Sorry, I'm really sorry. I've got my eldest daughter telling me there's a spider in the room. Give me two seconds and I'll clear. <laughs> um, it's going to take some big names to turn around and say, we're not playing anymore for everyone else to follow suit. I mean, the NBA, if, you, if LeBron James puts his hands up and says, we're not playing, no one's playing. Simple as that. Yeah, um, so I, I'll I'll come to you on that point, Pete. How how do you feel about about Tom's comment there about yeah that is a young clubhouse You've got a young a lot of a lot of uh, inexperienced guys in there maybe slightly impressionable just wanting to get an opportunity to to make their bow this year as we've talked about Rojas already is a great leader. You've got guys like Jonathan Vr there, uh, experienced players. Do you feel that there there may have been some undue pressure on on those young kids yesterday? Uh, Tom is right to call that out. We know it's it's a young clubhouse, no doubt. And 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 Miggy, Miggy is a, is a strong leader in that clubhouse. So I I don't think that it would have been undue pressure. I think that what he's spoken about in advance is everyone in this clubhouse has a voice. Whether the young guys feel confident enough to put their hand up and go, I'm not comfortable, Miggy, because well, I may lose a future opportunity. I mean, that's a tough situation, but. What Miggy's spoken about specifically is we've had this WhatsApp group right, right the way through. Everyone has a voice. You know, speak now or forever hold your peace type of thing. So yeah, it's, it's a young clubhouse. This is a unique situation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how, how it plays out with other teams as well because, you know, you, we touched upon it earlier. The, the Braves, they've had two catchers um, go down with COVID. They've also, I think, had another announcement today I think I spotted. So they're, they're kind of three players in. Um, you've mentioned the Reds. The Phillies are all testing today. They're coming to, the, I think, the ballpark, I think, to have tests. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just going to be very intriguing to see what happens next. But really, the view is we're going to carry on. And I think the problem is, is we're only three games in. And mm-hmm. MLB yeah. want, it, want it to happen. You know, yeah. we've got this far. They want it to happen. I was going to, yeah, I was going to I ask a the... question about that, Russell. So what, what Tom mentioned Rudy Gobert there, and I was, the question I was going to throw to you was, what's changed other than millions of people contracting this and hundreds of thousands dying? But I think Pete got to the nub of it there. People <laughs> now want this to happen. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, and I think that like what's changed is we're not putting fans in the stadiums. Like. The, the vectors and the risk of probabilities have all significantly decreased from basically playing baseball as normal. So that's, that's kind of like the big what's changed. The, uh, the real issue is, like you said, MLB wants to do this so much. Like they've thrown out this like bit of really short kind of summer camp to kind of get the players back and ready. I think for the specific purpose, so MLB was back before NBA was back. So it could be, hey, look at us. Like the the Friday night game got like the biggest viewing on like ESPN ever. So for just like a normal like game, non-postseason game. So the MLB knew that they had this opportunity to be in front of everybody's faces and they wanted it. And because of that, they're not going to give that up willingly. And so we have this issue where a few players have tested positive. They've now cancelled the game so it's not postponed from what i've read the game is cancelled which now means that i think maybe then they're going to play 59 or 58 games in the season and obviously everything's just going to be done on win percentage now we're in a 60 game season anyway one here or there and the difference between uh like the shed strength of schedules is is not amazing so we're kind of if this was a normal season i might harp on about that a little bit more but we are, we are at this point where MLB have said, this is not enough for us to can the league. They want to hopefully do a load of testing in the Marlins, do a load of tests with the Phillies. And if MLB gets what it wants, it will see no more positives probably in the Marlins team, no positives in the Phillies team. And they could say, look, even when there was like a semi-outbreak going on from one team, it didn't transfer to another team. And even though they played a game, and if MLB gets that nugget of information, which basically says it's actually really hard to transfer from one team to another, uh, they're going to use that for the rest of the season. Like, you, is, you are not going to get many more significant reasons for this to kind of go down unless you get something bigger than this. And so we're sat at, we're sat at that junction. Tom, I've thought a lot about a quote that I've seen a few times today, but that resonated with me when, when it came through a few weeks ago from, from Sean Doolittle, sports are a reward of a functioning society. Uh, it, it, it sort of feels like it, it sums the situation up somewhat. It's, uh, we've all rewarded ourselves and patted ourselves on the back for having come this far this weekend. Maybe it was inevitable that this was going to happen just to keep us in check. I think so. Um, and just to touch on one of Russell's points as well, like Rudy Gobert being one in the past and that, that caused the league to shut down. And now we're getting three, maybe four. Mm, should we carry on? Like what number does it need to get to for a team to go? Yeah, that's too many now. Right, we're going to stop the game or we're going to stop the league. Um, I said earlier in our WhatsApp chat, like when maybe my timeline is just so skewed to sort of, I don't want to say a scaremonger side to it, but a, a side of looking at it and going like, what are we doing? But I don't, I don't see the other side to it at the moment. If people saying, "Yeah, let's, let's carry on, let's keep going," like 
I'm not seeing that at the moment and I don't really get the, the consideration for it. Um, I said at the our podcast the other night and I've been saying pretty much during the whole time this, this season, if it even got started, wouldn't finish. And for my opinion, my, my thoughts are that um, I, I'm less worried about the players. I know we've obviously heard about Eduardo Rodriguez and I'm less worried about that. Um, but for me, it's like the very start of, of COVID itself when it came out. The amount of people I heard say, well, I haven't got any like breathing problems. It's not going to bother me. It's not going to affect me. But it's, it's not about those people. Yeah, there might be a few who end up contracting it and having um, long-term effects of it. But this is about the other people around that they're coming in contact with. I don't know which writer it was, but they put, you know, the, the, the flight attendants, the people that they meet at the airport, the, 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 the ball boys at the game as well, whether they catch it. Like this yeah, is Joel Sherman, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And it's like, it, it's not just the players that it's affecting, it's others. Uh, and my tweet earlier about the fact that, you know, they've done their best to try and control it within the, the sport itself, but it's, it's got out of that. It's now getting to a point where it's starting, they're starting to lose control of it. And if they're getting players that just go, yeah, we've, we've decided as a collective uh, out of the 110 page manual from MLB, we've decided as a collective, we're just going to crack on anyway. I mean, do we know if the, the Marlins or the Phillies or, you know, anyone involved actually spoke to MLB about this and said, do you think we should continue? Because if MLB then turned around and said, yeah, it's up to you. Like, who's who's going to like, who's going to, who's going to get the fall on this one? Who is signing off on this? Who is saying, yes, we will take the risk for this to continue because it's bonkers. I've not read the 101 pages. I would assume that the only one of us on this call, <laughs> he might off would be Russell. I got ten pages in, man. There you go. <laughs> it was it was it was even too much for me. Like I was like I really wanted to go through it because what Tom just said is is such a key question. It is who signs it off because we've already said that like the the players were like yeah we'll, we'll go with it. Don Matley was like we didn't really think of kind of canning the game. Like there should be somebody who is a probably outside of the team for every single game like with a tick box of all of these different things that says yes or no, whether this game goes off. And we know right now, four people testing positive yesterday, there's not a tick in the box for it to cancel. So it's, if that's even exists. And that's kind of like the, that's the depressing part, but it kind of like, it seems to me that we, there isn't this structured uh, or document or procedure in place to actually deal with these issues. If MLB could have come out and said, as per section 21CB, like this was not, didn't meet our requirements of an outbreak, so therefore we're continuing the game, I would at least go, okay, they've thought about this. But I don't so think they so, have, because so nobody's gone. Here's, here's my question. So if a player tested positive for COVID, what do they do with them? They quarantine them. They take them out yeah. of the team, they quarantine them. So how can four test positive and they know about it and they go, we'll crack on anyway. I cannot understand that. How is that allowed? Yeah, like, how have they not quarantined there? the rest of the team, right? Because yeah, that, I don't understand. And NHS test and trace have not rung the rest of the <laughs> Miami Marlins, have they? <laughs> they're, they're, they're in the 20% that they've been unable to source. <laughs> but this, is, this is what the procedures in place within the teams should have like been stopping. So yeah. they should have... The reason why they've said it's okay to play is because they're saying is that the players are socially distant. They are wearing masks when they're kind of doing things. They don't shower at the same time anymore. They don't go into the same club room. Like, I don't know what the protocol is for on the plane or on the bus when they're traveling, but I hope that they're wearing masks. 
and they're sitting like a seat apart from other people. I don't know if that is the truth because uh, we've not seen that or not seen any pictures. I don't follow any of the guys on Instagram, so I don't know if they've been tweeting their what or, or putting pictures up of what those travel things are like. But we saw, especially with some of the Boston players, they put up like the fact that their changing rooms are now like the executive suites. So they almost have like have a suite each to, to do all this. So we know that they're doing things to mitigate the cross contamination between players, but we just has, don't know. There has been some reported reporting today and I, I don't I don't wanna uh sort of I don't want there to sort of blow smoke onto this because it, it may well be that it's just just sort of claim and counterclaim, but there's some suggestion from some of the Philly side of things that one or two of the Phillies players felt that some of the Marlins were being a, a little bit lackadaisical with the way they were approaching this. They weren't quite using the gym in shifts and, and some of them were, you know, joshing around without masks on and stuff. Now, it's easy to say that after the event because I bet every single player has done something to contravene like the absolute letter and spirit of all of these rules. And it's, that's, it's, that it's type all... of thing's always going to... It's human nature, isn't it? You, you, you know? Exactly. It's oh, human nature. Oh. You're seeing it now out in the shops. You're seeing it out with people on the streets and stuff. The whole point was, you know, there's going to be no spitting. If you're going to argue with the umpire, you need to be six feet away. There's no, there's no high fives. There, oh, there is. Yeah. There is. There is. That is that is the issue. Like, the one thing that I've watched this weekend, which has pissed me off the most, is every <laughs> single home run is still into the dugout. High five, high five, high five, high five, high five, high five, high five. Some of them are wearing their gloves. Some of them aren't, and you're just like, "Come on, boys and girls!" Like this is like the I know you want to be supportive of the person who's just yeah. done that good thing for you, but that's like, that's just such the simple one where it's just like, "Oh, I coughed on my hand." Yeah, just because I'm wearing a glove, if I went around the bases and just coughed onto my hand when I was done, and I now go and high five somebody who's got a bare hand, that person swipes their face. Oh, there you go, you've transferred it. Like, is it all those... right? If, is it all right if Anthony Rizzo is giving you a hand gel? <laughs> yeah, well, those, 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 those are the lovely little quirky moments that we, we get out of this that look absolutely fantastic where he's just like cut to first base oh have some hand gel but we've seen like everything that they do to, with all the masks and everything else is completely nearly pushed to one side if the players then when playing the game that like don't follow like the social distancing and i think sadly that's happened. Now, I've, I've not watched enough of the Marlins to see if that's been the case. Pete, you're probably in a better position to us to say if they've been uh, willfully celebrating their home runs, because there have been many. Well, I'm pleased to report there's been a lot of home runs, so let's... Let's not focus completely on the negatives here. I mean, the Marlins have come out hot, so that is that has been fun to watch. Um, why not um, us to why us, as I saw one of your fellow oh, Marlins fans... <laughs> Un- unbeatably I mean. uh, tweet this afternoon. Pete, I wanted to ask you about that because like, it must have been such a buzzkill for you to, to, to read that, that story unfolding, particularly as it's ramped up today because you know we were giving you a lot of stick for your, uh, your bullish predictions for the season, shall we say. 33 wins? 33 wins. I mean, you're definitely not going to get 33 wins with the taxi squad, are you? So, I mean, the question, that, there's a question for you who's going to play? Like, who are these guys? And I saw a really good point made by your, your fellow Marlins fan, Danny, who you had on a, on your podcast recently, that, like, should the Marlins be shoving these these youngsters into the line of duty, the Monty Harrisons and, and the Jazz Chisholms and all of these hot young prospects? It's it's kind of not the right environment for them to be making their Major League debut, is it? You know, there could be, 
you know, significant psychological kickback on these guys if if uh, a they get the virus themselves or b it it all it, as is, as seems likely it, it all goes to pot over the course of the next fortnight. Let, let's not as well forget the service time element of this as well. Yeah. So you know we know what the Marlins are right now and they've stacked a huge amount of talent in the farm and in this environment in a 60 game sprint what is now 57 games what may be 55 games for the Marlins because we know the two the two home games for the Orioles ain't happening this week so you know but do we want to start the clock on some of these guys anyway so that's that's the first question I think that the health stuff and the mental health you've already touched upon but that is another huge aspect for the Marlins because losing a year for some of these guys for what is turning out to be a, a very weird season, I'm not convinced that's the right approach for this club. And that's what we're seeing already. All of a sudden, the waiver wire is, is hot. We're picking up guys just because we need bodies. Like, we're going to need bodies because we're going to have to play. Um, so really intrigued. And as well, Rush, you were talking about uh, strengths of schedules and whatever. This is a real blow for the Marlins. Like to lose two games, playable games against the Orioles, is is not good for us. Like hey, honestly, the Orioles I, just took two off the Red Sox. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. Yeah, but, but, I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The powerhouse <laughs> that is the Boston Red Sox right now. <laughs> we already had the toughest schedule, I think, anyway, and then you remove two of the games against the lowest seeds as well, the lowest schedule um, uh, strength guys. So you know, that's a big thing, but. Listen, I think if the Marlins, here's what we do know, in, in the Jupiter site, it's stacked full of talent. If they want to hit the upgrade button and send some of these guys in, they can do it. And you've got your Sixto Sanchez is there, ready to rock and roll. I mean, it could be a very interesting 60 games. Jazz Chisholm's ready to rock and roll. Luis Diaz is ready. Jesus Sanchez. I mean, there's some legit talent down there. So, I'm not, you know, I don't know who's tested positive today. What we know is Garrett Cooper... Harold Ramirez, Alfaro and Arania so far. Mm-hmm. There's been another seven or eight today. We don't know who they are, what positions they play. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, what are they going to do? I-, I think they're going to go the warm body approach, if I'm completely honest. I think mm-hmm. they're just going to need to just find anyone who will want to play. Um, the D train's out there saying he's available. So, <laughs> make that happen that could be that could be a fun oh that'd be good. that'd be amazing yeah i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna ask you like how how do how do michael hill and, and Derek g to play this because i've seen quite a few players already you know pimping themselves out i saw rob whalen uh, the former mariners and, and mets reliever was out there right away with his rapsodo stats uh, i i'm available and i live in florida uh, just just right on the old twitter there and a few uh, like you said the d train peter moylan showed a picture of an old man falling into a swimming pool saying he was available and cody decker says you know i'm i'm still in still in trim shape even though i'm now a radio host so you know it it would be, yeah. it could be like when kevin millar was suiting up back in 1995 could <laughs> he had an okay career after that <laughs> Yeah, we we need to ask Darren if he's uh, if he's uh, working because he's down in Florida, isn't oh, he? Oh yeah, Darren Downs. Yeah, let's 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 email friend of the show, Darren Downs. Yeah, so uh, you said Justin Schaefer the picked up off the waiver wire. It's going to be a an unholy tug of war to get pitches between uh, the Marlins and the Red Sox over the course of the next fortnight, <laughs> isn't it? That's true. I mean, you know, again, we we don't know who's tested positive, and the bullpen was already, you know, I think we had. 17 pitchers we were carrying of, of the 30 we had 17 arms so we'd already gone arm heavy um you had 12 guys in the bullpen many of which had never thrown a bullpen 
uh, re- made an appearance while in the MLB at all, or even uh, out of the bullpen at all. Most of them are starters who they're just throwing in. So who knows how it's going to play out? I think they're going to go warm bodies and just see, see who's around. I, I just don't see, like, coming back to the point, are they going to make that move with the, with the farm? Uh, a, the health concerns, and B, the service time. I, I just don't see how they could do that. It's a really interesting point, and uh, I would really, I'd be really interested to see if, if this was like thirty games into the season or forty games into the season, how much of a difference that would have made. If the mm. Marlins were like two or three games above five hundred, uh, like thirty games into the season, and you generally go, okay, we've lost ten players, like that farm system, you could take ten players from that farm system, and as long as you don't lose your probably your top ten players from the Marlins squad. You add that farm system in, you could say that that Marlins team is now better. Like you could genuinely say that that Marlins teams could be better. But because this has happened so early into the season, I think you are right that all they're going to do is go to the waiver wire. They're going to claim basically everybody who's just been put on waivers, which quite a lot of teams have already basically put two or three relief pitchers on the waivers over the weekend after basically doing their two innings that they've kind of will have signed up for this and then chucking them back. Some of them could be claimed now, which some of the clubs maybe weren't anticipating. So you do get this kind of hodgepodge, like Frankenstein's monsters team that is just pulled together with individuals. And if we do get a whole season, which as Tom suggested, may not happen, there's going to be somebody who's going to be like a good or an outstanding player for the Marlins this year who nobody ever would have thought was going to play for the Marlins this year. <laughs> like, one of these players who, who basically gets a chance is going to do a reasonable job and will kind of push that for a position because it's not the strongest squad ever. So you can look at, like, when, like, John Berthy last season and so many other ones, like, there are so many other players that could just break into that squad and do amazing. The question is, like, what is morally right compared to what is kind of best for business compared to like what is best for the future of the Marlins. And each one of those three gives a completely different answer. See, yes. seeing, as Puig's, seeing as Puig's already got it, can he go into COVID corner and join the Marlins? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Say, sign, be quarantined, go with it. Like, he's already in quarantine, isn't he? So just sign him up and go continue quarantine, then join us afterwards. Yeah, unfortunately, not an original thought, Tom. Although, although one, <laughs> I, I, any any mention of the great man on this podcast is uh, is well founded and 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 well received. So, I I, I had a, a good question from uh, the UK Braves at Atlanta Hammers. That's an odd odd handle. Um, wondering if there's going to be any psychological effect on the the Marlins opponents. So, you know, Pete said there that they've lost two games, two winnable games against the Orioles, but. Is is everyone at least for the next fortnight, Tom, going to be a bit a bit spooked? Are they going to be thinking more about yeah. the COVID than they are about you know whoever yeah, you... is rolling it down a pipe at eighty four miles an hour? <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd be worried about it personally. Like we've we've had plenty of um, well, I, I certainly have anyway. I've had occasions where people at work have told me they're going off for the test and they're starting to show symptoms, and it's like, oh great. Well, I've been at work with you, so what's going to happen next? Um, so it, it would concern me. Um, I, can't, no. I feel the Phillies' results makes a big difference. Like if the Phillies yeah. come back with nothing, I think a lot of players will be like, well, they didn't get it, so why would we? 
And that's not maybe the best mentality to have, but I think no, that no, makes I'm a with you difference. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And uh, for me, it's still... Um, I, I, I still think that... I think players are going to be concerned about it. And as I said, I think the younger ones are going to be um, more concerned about it. I think the, the veterans are just waiting for someone to pull the trigger. So for me, like Russell said, the Phillies results are going to be a big one. If they come back with nothing, but the fact the Phillies and the Yankees have been postponed as well. In fact, was it postponed or cancelled again? That was postponed, yeah. Okay. No, that one was postponed rather than cancelled. The other one, it's saying cancelled, but people are querying that. With the Phillies and Yankees, it says it says postponed for the time being. Uh, but that that's pending change tomorrow. Yeah, I, I still think I think it's gonna be a concern for players, but I think you're gonna get the the sort of the bullish ones are going to be, well, it's not, it's not bothered us before, you know, people in our camp have had it before and it's not a problem. So let's just keep pushing on. Um, and again, it's going to, it's going to be that, that, that balance in the dressing room to see which way it's going to go. Um, I see it all the time at work, especially when you're away on operations and stuff. And, and somebody will say, is everyone happy with what we're planning to do? And there's that, that sort of half a second glance around the room at others and you try and gauge the room. And that's going to be happening in clubhouses all over the country. People are going to be looking at some of the, the older ones or more outspoken ones and just looking to wait and see how they react before they make a call. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a concern for opponents, definitely. And anyone so who, you know. I wanted to just, just uh, so it seems a good point to, to, to talk about this, the, the, the comment from, from David Price, one of the dozen or so players he's chosen topped out. So Price tweeted a couple of hours ago, now we really get to see if MLB is going to put players' health first. Remember when Manfred said players' health was paramount or capitalised. Part of the reason I'm at home right now is because the players' health wasn't being put first. I can see that that hasn't changed. Do you think, uh, I'm going to go to, to you first, Russell, but I'm interested in all your opinions. Do you think that players of the of the profile of, of Price and and maybe even bigger names than that may may be seriously considering stepping back in the next twenty four to forty eight hours? Uh, yes, I, I think that you have some people who will be obviously considering it. We know it's been the the forefront of uh, like Sean Doodle's mind. We know it's been the forefront of Mike Trout's mind. Like that being said, Mike Trout is playing right now as we're speaking because there's a bizarre twelve o'clock game going on in Oakland, but <laughs> like. <laughs> It's, we, I don't want to say that I've said the same thing I've said like three or four times now, but the tests from the Phillies and the rest of the Marlins team will make a huge difference. We'll know a lot mm. more in 48 hours because if five or six Phillies players come down as positive, I think you, you'll get a walk in, you'll get a walk out from the players if the, if the league don't do it. I think two or three of the top players will go, nah, I'm, I'm out if this is basically what can happen. So that will occur if we get one Philly player, if we get like only one or two more Marlins have it, I think you're still in the position that it will go ahead because enough people will stay quiet. What if it's Bryce though, Pete, you know, we, we, in our previous podcast, we said like, where's the line? I would have thought Freddie Freeman was above it, but apparently not. Yeah. Just, I'm slightly deviating away that the question from a Marlins perspective that I've been intrigued about, in the last couple of hours is what happened, what would have happened if this wasn't the Marlins? Like yeah. the Marlins are a, a small market team and would have this have played differently if 12 Dodgers went down, 12 Yankees or whatever? I, I would have been intrigued to see how that would have played out. Like, you know, the, uh, you can throw the jokes out there, the Marlins, well, it's only the Marlins and 
in some ways there's some truth to that. <laughs> I like I actually believe there is some some kind of truth to that really that the Marlins will be expected to roll on because you're not expecting you can, to contend. So that would have been an interesting point. Mm. Just to go back to like the players and what they think. What we do, what I know specifically is Miggy Rowe, his wife's pregnant. He's been sleeping in separate bedrooms since the season started. So they've, in effect, self-isolated and quarantined at home. So, you know, Miggy Rowe, you know, he's there asking the team, but he's in that position where his, his missus is, you know, relatively early pregnancy. He's got a young a little boy as well. And the risks are real. Like, we can't get away from that. So... It's going to be an interesting couple of couple of days to see how the players play it and whether you get a few more just opting out, go and listen. The juice, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on this one. Yeah, um, so I've just, just been checking. The White Sox have just designated infielder Cheslaw Cuthbert for assignment, so look out for him signing for the Marlins in the next 24 hours. I'll be picking oh, that jersey up quickly. A legend like with the Kansas City. <laughs> he was a legend with Kansas City. Uh, Tom, uh, any, any thoughts on, on uh, you know, what's, what's going to happen next? I mean, Pete makes a really good point there about would we care more about this if it was... Uh, a big, you know, the Cubs, for example. Yeah, fantastic point. That is, Pete. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it'd be totally, as I saw Russell nodding away at the same time, if this was Dodgers or Yankees, this would be a totally different situation. Um, and also, I think it's important to make the point that um, it doesn't matter that it's the Marlins. It could have just been any team. You could have just said any team this has happened to because an outbreak could have happened anywhere. You're not going to suggest that, you know, the Marlins aren't taking it as seriously as any other team. Like, this could have happened in any way, shape or form. We're saying this virus doesn't suddenly pick, you know, just certain teams and certain types of people. It can get spread by anybody and asymptomatic as well, which is a key point. So there might have been guys who didn't even know they had it or even had an inkling they had it. And they're just spreading it around, whether that's, you know, clubhouse guys or whether it's the players themselves. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think my over-under from the previous podcast still stands. And I think I put it at six and a half weeks. So what are we? Three days in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely. You definitely take the under uh, in these circumstances, <laughs> uh, wouldn't you? So before before we wrap up, guys, I just wanted to to, to sort of touch on on one more topic briefly. Um, that's the fact that MLB as an institution has been relatively quiet. There's been a communication that the the game in uh, Miami this evening is not going to go ahead, and and the game in Philadelphia is not going to go ahead. But there's been quite a lot of comments, I think quite reasonable comment that individuals within the game who had scheduled press commitments today have been left to carry the can. You know, the first person who was answering questions on this today was not Rob Manfred. It was tomorrow's Milwaukee Brewers starter, Josh Lindblom. Uh, and the next person was not Derek Jeter it was Davey Martinez, the Nationals manager, who apparently was incredibly emotional during his press conference this afternoon. And, you know, that's not so much a knock on on, 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 on our pal Jeets because he did speak openly uh, about that and release a statement this afternoon. Do you, do you, I mean, I'll come to you for your perspective first, Pete, because, it, you know, you, you were on that conversation with the Don yesterday afternoon. Do you feel like he was maybe hung out to dry a little bit yesterday? I, I'm not sure the Don was fully aware of of just how big this was at the Mm -hmm. time like you know the the guys when we kind of put that into perspective the media call was wrapped up a little bit 
quicker than they have been, mainly because of the celebrations going on in the background. That was the reason. <laughs> it was like, hey, guys, we need to wrap this up. Like, the Marlins just went out there with four starters down and absolutely beat up the Phillies and came away with a 2-1 win. And, you know, I've been banging the drum, but it's because they've been banging the drum. They think they've got a chance, and actually the 60 games really helped us. So, you know, I'm not sure Donnie really fully was thinking in that way. It was just, hey, we got a great win, and it was a great win. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, from a media perspective today from Marlins, there's been no media update. So the Zoom calls have been daily. Today, there hasn't been one scheduled, like for now anyway. G just put out uh, his, his statement on it. Grammatically um, incorrect in several places statement, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, well, it uncharted waters, Derek. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, no, nothing kind of the irony, as we know, of the uncharted for the team that's in the, the British Virgin Islands, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you stop you stop knocking GB baseball zone Miami Marlins, Russell. <laughs> I do apologize. <laughs> GB qualified if you're from the BVI. Sorry, Pete, you were you're in full flow. Russell's rude to interrupt you. Well, no, I, I, I think it was probably the right time to interrupt me in, in many ways. So, uh, you what know, you, uh, go on, mate. Go, sorry, go, what, do you, what do you think, Tom? You know, like David Martinez has been quite, quite tearful and, and emotional in his press conference today. He himself has a, has a, a heart condition. Didi Gregorius has a, has, a, has a chronic kidney infection. He, he can't get over that. You know, he could be really whacked by COVID. You know, does the sport as an institution and do the, the major figures in the sport not have more of a responsibility to those people to be um, on the front foot PR-wise? I think they do. Um, I don't... This is probably going to be the only time that I defend Rob Manfred right now. I don't, I don't blame Rob Manfred for not coming out and speaking immediately because he's got to collect all the information. He's got to talk to all the ownership. He's got to talk to the players. He's got to talk to the testers as well and find out what's going on and how it could potentially have happened. So I, I don't blame him for not coming out. It is unfortunate that poor Josh Lindblom has just come across from Korea suddenly has to then start speaking to the world about baseball in general. Um, and as for the players as well, I think there's, there's probably going to be lots of calls of, well, if you've got a condition, don't play. Not as simple as that. Um, again, it comes down to that pressure thing as well. When you're looking around the room, you don't want to let your teammates down, you don't want to let your friends down, you don't want to let the people that you're working with down. You can't just just down and tools and walk away. But you know what? In this occasion, with it spreading like it is, maybe there's got to be a, a, a time when you do down tools and you just say, "No, I've got to protect myself and I've got to protect my family." Um, but I can, I, I don't, I don't go into the the school of thought that well, if you're not happy, just stop playing. Well, yeah, I get that. That is the option. But as I said, you're gonna you're gonna have that feeling of letting so many others down if you do that, and a lot of players don't want to do that, which is also why I think there's quite a lot of pressure for them to carry on. Right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, I think that we'll we'll bring the conversation to a close there. But before we do, uh, I, I want to ask you all one more question. Russell's thrown his arms in the air. Russell, sorry, I didn't pivot round to you. If you've got original <laughs> thoughts. No, no, I just, just, hold your peace. <laughs> no I, I'll just say, as you said, MLB, basically, there's nothing been out on their Twitter account for like the last 15 hours. There's nothing been out on their PR Twitter account. The statement is tonight's scheduled game between the Marlins Mar- Mar- and the Baltimore Orioles at Marlins Park and the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Yankees at Citizens Park have been postponed while Major League Baseball conducts additional COVID testing. So that is the statement that MLB have made about this. That's it. They're playing it kind of like as blank as they possibly can 
because I don't think they want to be the face of this. They don't want to be like the person who are like they they want to have this blanket statement out of we have not done we've done this because of this reason because yes, then they'll be held accountable they're being, they're to being it. They're being as vague as possible on purpose, aren't they? So then yeah. they can turn whichever way they need to. I, again, I don't blame them for doing that, and I don't blame companies for doing that. You don't want to start firing out information and statements and thoughts before you've collected everything. So yeah, as frustrating as it is. I completely understand that their communications have got to just go dead because any, any tweet they put out now, like, Hey, is everyone excited for wave Miley start? It's just going to get hounded by all the public. Just going, what the F is going on right now? Why are you trying to promote this stupid start? If you had yeah. 27 minutes into Tom's appearance for the way first wave Miley <laughs> <laughs> reference then uh take that off on your bingo card gents uh i am gonna wrap it up this time but i'm gonna ask you ask you one more question i think i know your answer uh tom so i'm gonna come to you first is the season gonna finish yes or no <laughs> not a chance is it gonna finish absolutely not and my six and a half weeks over under is looking pretty sweet pete i don't know if optimism is the right word but um do you have more optimism? <laughs> oh, it's it's so disappointing. But I'm I'm with Tom on this one. I I just don't see I don't see it ending. I they want to get there, but we're three days in, and we're already where we've got a full team quarantined in a in a hotel in Philadelphia. I mean, it just shows it can happen to any team. And once it happens, you're stuffed. And all it needs is three, four teams, and they just go, hey, listen, we're done. So I don't want it to be because this weekend has been awesome. Absolutely awesome. I've loved every every minute of it. So I hope I hope they find a way, and I hope they get a handle on it. But just in general, they haven't got a handle on this in the US, and that's showing in baseball too. Well, just, Pete, just for your make, sake, I hope this to, is not just, the high watermark. Oh, I had a really great just, comment sorry. there, but thanks for putting in. Carry on. Uh, I just <laughs> want to make it clear, like me laughing about this is not me just going, I don't want this to finish. I just feel like it's gone beyond a joke now. And no, I, 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 I do want it to carry on. And I'm des- I, I so enjoyed the weekend, as Pete said as well. It's been great watching MLB again. Sorry, yeah. Jim. No, it's all right. I, I, I don't worry. You don't need to apologise for yourself. It's just so the situation is so ridiculous that you can't not laugh involuntarily. It's it's absolutely crazy. I was going to say that hopefully this is not the high watermark of Pete's Marlins fandom, although I fear it may be. Uh, Russell, uh, last word for you is: Is the season going to finish? Are they going to are they going to press on even if they've got you know scabs from the St Paul Saints, you know, throwing the first pitch in the World Series? It's going ahead. Like, if this doesn't stop MLB, like, what's going to stop them? I know, like, we we don't want to say the D word because kind of like that's like just completely abhorrent to even think about that. That's what actually would kind of like would stop MLB. But effectively, if the if the Phillies come back with no positive results, like the MLB is going to play on. They've got their kind of method of basically saying it's all fine. Single team breakouts doesn't really impact the whole thing. A couple of teams could go down for a bit and they'll just say, you got unlucky, mate. Sorry, but like we're still going to push ahead with this. So I don't see what will stop them now. So it's it's going to go ahead. We're going to have probably more than just these two teams not getting 60 games. If this is kind of like the precedent that they've set up, that like you'll just miss a couple of games because of this and that's how we'll approach. But 
we'll get a weird postseason, and it'll probably be something like the Dodgers versus the Yankees, and the Dodgers will fail again. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm inclined to agree with you, and 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 so are the people. We had a poll on on our Twitter account. Six hundred and forty-three people voted in that, and by the rather portentous total of fifty-two percent. To forty-eight uh, percent. If you're uh, <laughs> if you're in the states, type those numbers in in UK, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, no, the season is not going to be cancelled. Uh, was triumphant in in that conversation earlier on this afternoon, uh, chaps. It's been uh, I would say it's been a pleasant conversation, but it but it absolutely hasn't. But it's been a necessary and a really illuminating conversation. Thank you so so much for your time. Uh, before we go, I I must ask you all to subscribe to the podcast, to rate and review the podcast we are available on all major platforms spotify apple podcasts spreaker stitcher and all of that so do that and gents uh can we go around the houses and tell everyone where they can find you pete we'll start with you and uh now's probably the right time to mention the, the brilliant in play runs which uh, had its first outing yesterday evening with you calling the shots for the marlins yeah I- Absolutely. You're right to highlight that. So guys, do do check that out. We're going to be doing that um, every couple of weeks uh, in play runs uh, via YouTube and, and Facebook. It's it's the man behind the UK Phillies account, Dave Shaw, that's, that's the brains behind it. I was just covering the Marlins Phillies, which was exciting, uh, I must say. Put a few clips out there of some of my erratic and uh, very vocal calls. So that was a lot of fun. So do tune into that, guys. It's it's a fun, fun show, fun, fun concept of basically Soccer Saturday, but on a Sunday covering baseball. So, uh, yeah, do, to get that in. And then where you can find me, well, of course, it's at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Excellent. And uh, Russell, uh, where can we find you? And what have we got on, on, on the track from you? I know you've got a couple of big analytical pieces in the works. Uh, yeah, it's R. Eason on Twitter, and obviously all of my work pretty much ends up on Backflips and Nerds. Uh, there's a piece which is pretty much done about why Shane Bieber, or is Shane Bieber elite or not, which comes down to if you think Patrick Corbin is elite or not. If you do, then the answer's yes. If you don't, then the answer's no. But it's a, an interesting look to kind of see how he's quite a different uh, top pitcher to quite a lot of the other top-end guys. And otherwise, we're starting to look to see what statistical oddities we can see from this rather short season. Uh, <laughs> Mike Trout swung at a 3-0 pitch for the first time since 2016 and hit a home run. So it's kind of, we're going to see some bizarre things <laughs> and we already have seen one. <laughs> Indeed we are. And uh, Tom, I would ask you where you can find you, but as we all know, it's www.wademileyhub.com. Uh, that's about all we have time for, everyone. Uh, thank you for your uh, your comments your listening and your engagement over the course of what's been a very strange day in the history of major league baseball we'll check you again soon we were gonna do a roundup of the week in baseball we may yet do that um because i get the impression there's more where this came from thank you very much everyone tatty bye <laughs>